Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. It's Tuesday and it's two o'clock on the East Coast of the United States of America. We're reaching across the planet today, and my guest is from uh, the Sydney, Australia area, and he's gotten up really early to be on this show today. And so this is the Nonprofit Exchange. Every Tuesday, we're here with a distinguished guest sharing from their wisdom and experience in life. And today, we're going to shift some paradigms. My guest today is a friend, Steve Brosman from, like I said, Sydney, Australia. Steve, tell people a little bit about who you are and what's your passion for doing the work that you're doing? Well, of course, you'd expect me to start off by saying, g'day. (laughs) And the fact that it's already tomorrow here, it is 6 a.m. Wednesday time. And for all of you people that are watching this right now, I can see the future and we will last at least until tomorrow. Um, background and passion for what I'm doing. It's quite interesting that I never actually intended to get into business. I was a professional track athlete training for the Olympics and had an accident crash three discs in my back through training. And through my rehab, I fell in love with the fitness industry and I thought, yeah, I could do this. And being a cocky, brash kid that I was, I thought, yeah, I could do this better too. So I got into it and the topic that we're actually going to be talking about today was sales. And it just so happened that because I put up a sign and opened the door, there wasn't a flood of people coming in. And those that did come in, I had to learn how to sell. So I obviously got some sales training. And and that in itself, even way back then, made me feel uncomfortable. And I kept getting more and more sales training. And it kept making me even more uncomfortable about the pushy, the, 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 the view of what selling was, is really just aggravating people trying to get them to buy something when you know that it's really good for them. But the process of getting them to make the decision to buy a gym membership was quite yicky. And, and I felt the stress of I didn't like selling. So through the journey and through the years of doing lots of different studies and and working with a lot of people, I stumbled across some training and it was a lot of neuroscience and it was understanding how people wanted to buy and what they actually really wanted the opportunity to buy from you. So I was reversing all of that. And then when I stopped selling things like gym memberships and franchises and programs, I sold millions of dollars around the world of stuff. But then I had to sell me something that was a little bit more personal. And to tell you the truth, I was horrible at it. And then working through the complete neuroscience of working with the people of what they really wanted to buy, completed a a complete paradigm shift in my head. And it was me that had to get over it. And now for the last 12 years, I've been helping individuals, professionals, first-time coaches, not-for-profit organizations turn things around. And selling comes from a place of service because if they are around you, if they are clicking, if they're reading your newsletter, then they have some sort of a need to do something with you. 
And here's the definition that, that I believe that we're going to use as the foundation for today's conversation, Hugh, is the definition that I got many years ago. I can't remember who it came from. Selling is professionally servicing other people's needs for a mutually beneficial gain. And if they click on something, walk past, knock on the door, pick up the phone, if they're around you, they've identified, they've put their hand up. It's your right, duty, obligation to find out what that need is and then professionally service them. And that will be possibly an exchange of money or time, which is selling something. So I think that's a, a great place to start here. That is a great place to start. Now, we have this, this negative view. Now, a lot of people do anyway, but especially in the, the community charity or the community faith organization um, or in education, we, we think selling is icky and it's like manipulating people. And you've just set a new paradigm and it really filters into our fundraising. We think we're pushing people and asking for money when we're really doing what you just said. We're connecting people with a need and there's a high level of satisfaction with donors because they're making a difference. They're not buying something tangible. So we're selling in several areas. So let me just outline these. And then if you would talk about how come we have this issue and how do we change that paradigm? So we sell donations. We want people to make a donation to make a, it's not for something of their gain or to get money back. It's making a donation to make a difference in somebody else's life. We're selling sponsorships. Now, that's a different pocket from donations. It's corporate marketing money. So the corporation wins and the people we serve win because we're putting that marketing effort to use for the benefit of the community. And then we're selling our events or maybe a product or service like Center Vision has leadership material. We're a nonprofit, but people buy those. So there's business generated income, which we could be a hard, like a used car salesman in America. That's hard pressed to, you're going to buy this car no matter what, whether you need it or not. That's the image we have. So help us. We do sell in many, and we also convince people to join our board. That's sort of selling in a way, but it's connecting people like you're talking about with the value. So what do we need to do to change that aversion we have to selling? There's two, two directions that um, I'm going to take that. And the first direction is when most people give, they have a good feeling inside when they give and donate. If you don't facilitate that, you're taking away the opportunity for that person to have that feeling. And, and that's, that's wrong. To me, that's a bigger crime than trying to sell something not allowing the person, not facilitating the opportunity to have that feeling that I have just donated to something and I know it's going in a, uh, in a good direction. Now, to do that, most people see selling is a physical exchange of something. These days, it's not the physical exchange of cash or the check that you're writing and putting in the envelope these days, but you know, a debit out of your account. But there is a physical exchange of cash for a service or donation and the result that that happens. To me, selling is an exchange, firstly, of value. What is the value 
that I've just given as a donation, the value, the time, the effort it took for me to make that money, all my time sitting on a board, et cetera. What's the value of that? And how good do I feel about giving that value? And what value am I getting back? And the value of seeing what's done with what I've done, whether it's the cash or the time. So there's the exchange of value. But I'm going to take it to two more levels above that. There is also the exchange of the feeling, but the exchange of the energy. And what feeling do I get back? And a lot of people will get a receipt or a something. However, if I was given a better feeling, if I'm basically giving you an exchange of finance or my time and in return I get this emotive feeling like I talk about in my business two banks there are two banks that you sell to there's the financial bank and the emotive bank and when I'm teaching my people how to sell then they're communicating they need to make deposits in both so when I'm asking you to donate time or money what am I going to give you in return is it just a receipt or can I really enhance the feeling that you are getting whenever you donate with me whether it is um, an immediate video straight back as soon as that transaction comes on there's somebody who's excited and say hey Hugh fantastic or hey Steve here from XYZ charity we just saw your donation come in we are really really appreciative of that have a quick look at where your money is going and the good that you have just decided to make. Now, I've, I've got that. A lot of people will talk about the happy hormones, the serotonin, the oxytocin, dopamine, all of those sorts of things. And when I've made a purchase, there's a surge of those. And quite often that makes me want to have another purchase and another purchase and another purchase. Now, the same thing happens when you make a donation. I have a surge of those feel goods I've just donated. But what if you gave them another surge and say, wow, thank you so much for doing this. Here's where your money time is going to. Have a look at the great things that you are doing. Then I am getting that greater exchange of value back to me because of the surge in the, uh, the hormones so I don't think most people have taken selling and buying to that level. And it's one of the big things that people should look at is the energy levels that we're going to stimulate when we interact with people. I think it's there's a misconception that I made the sale, I win, they lose. When in fact, what you're suggesting and you're really not suggesting you're letting us realize it's a win-win. The donor wins, the organization wins, and the people we serve in our charity also win. So it's a triple win. Yeah, there's, there's certainly ways that you can do this and engage with your people. And most recently in the work that I do, I've, I've actually outlined the, the sales energy matrix. It's the personal magnetic energy, the energy that we portray and if you're working with you know leaders of organizations and ceos etc one of the big things in some of the most successful companies is to have a leader that is out there that is displaying personal 
magnetic energy that people just see, believe, and they want to follow. Look, some of the best, and I use this in some of my training, some of the best salespeople in the world didn't sell anything physical. Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela. What did they sell? They sold the feeling of coming along and creating a movement. But they were some of the best salespeople ever. And by looking at what is the energy of our organization that we want to give out, what is it that we are putting out that's going to start attracting? Then how can we increase, and we'll call them the buyer's or the donor's energy? How could we give them some information, not just here is where your money will go, but how can we start stimulating that, that hormonal response and give them, wow, I can't wait to support that. And there's ways of doing that that are far greater than just you know, the brochures and the EDMs that are going out right now. Yeah, and it's not just a, a letter in an American number 10 envelope that says, oh, we need your donation for this once a year. You know, that's lame. And that's not personal. It doesn't create a relationship, doesn't have a value exchange. So one of the questions I've got here is, um, how can we make it easier for people to see the true value in supporting nonprofits? But I think there's a related question to that that's generic to that one. If we want to help people see the value, we have to understand it ourselves. And sometimes we don't really get the value and we're just going through the motions and we really have to be convinced ourselves that we're doing something worthy and we're really not asking for money. We're giving people an opportunity to provide value. What do you think of that? Yeah, and I love what you were just saying just a second ago. It was like the win-lose situation. It's the us and them. And more and more, People should be invited in as partners in making a difference, not you give me your money and I'll do it. It's because of you that we can do it. And when you turn that language around and you're wrapping your arms around them, not putting your hand out, it's, it's a, you want them to feel as if they're getting a big hug for being a part of this something that's greater more than, hey, your coins will do this. And to me, that's the some psychology in the communication of being able to, you wrap your arms around those people, invite them in to belong to something that is greater than just a donation. And that's one of the, the biggest things. I've been supporting an organization here in Australia since when I had my health club back in the 80s, we did activities program for a thing called Camp Quality Kids with Cancer. And I've been a, a monthly donator of that since 1983 because of the feeling and the communication that I get and the thank yous that I get is because of what I've been doing, we've been able to do this. So I feel a sense of belonging to that family more than somebody who just donates. And when, when they have that shift and the communication is not just about asking, but come and partner with us and become one of us, then that will make a massive shift, not only in the initial donations, 
but in the retention of the people for the long-term partners to uh, to do good. That's a basic relationship building and a communication piece. But we fail to realize that communication is based on relationships. So um, you talk about, or you have talked about with me, um, you create for your business clients a client conversion blueprint. And what we're really doing is we're educating people on the value of what we're doing and the value for them. So would that that blueprint work for a nonprofit or a faith community and why? It does and it has. And we're in a super, super competitive world. Um, before COVID, most people would click on um, a website or competitors around about five to six times before making a buying decision. Now it's 14. So if there are people out there that are asking for donations, et cetera, and I'll liken it into the, the coaching world or the professionals world, basically what they're doing is in short saying, hey, I'm a good coach, buy me. When I work with them to create their client conversion blueprint, it's a visual, it's a schematic of how those people work. And there's some nuances in there that are, that are quite significant. So instead of saying, hey, I'm good, buy me, they can lay out and collaborate with that person and say, we have a complete system to achieve the results that you want and here it is. Now, in many and a couple that I have worked with, in many, this would work on virtually all fronts. We have a system, a process, a whatever, where you can get involved. Our system will deliver the results that you want. So instead of saying, hey, we're a good charity doing work, we are a charity, but we have a proven system to deliver the results that you want to be a part of that makes you feel good. So by looking at it, and most of the information that we receive and digest goes through the retina, we see. We absorb images 600 times quicker and faster and longer than words. So when you just don't have words on a paper and maybe some pretty pictures about some of the stuff that you're doing, but you show them a well-designed, here is the complete system of how we do and achieve the great results, they will look at and say, okay, I have confidence now in the big picture that you know what you're doing and you are different to the others who are just saying, we're good, give me a donation. And that shift elevates, you know, well, the professionals that I work with, the companies that I work with, and also the charities that are now starting to get on board and say, what do we have to do to be different? That's essential. That's essential. I, we, in strategic planning for our organizations, we define our strategic excellence position. What do we offer that other people don't? That's the differentiator right there. And that's, and then there's, there's several things that attract people. Why it's important. You know, there's people starving. We feed them. What do we do? How do we solve it? And then how do we solve it differently is part of that middle package that what's different about us, the differentiation you talked about. And then the impact. 
and and we're not selling the food we're selling the, the transformation of people's lives the impact we have on people so and and i keep using selling but that's what it is it's a transference of value and it's it's a win-win for everybody and we just have to take it out of the bad word category and deal with it so so steve you have um, before you go on here can i tell uh, you a story uh-huh and i and i know what your listeners are going through and because of all the sales trainers that i've ever had i never wanted to be one of those slick back mustache greasy hair sales trainers and when i was doing my authority marketing i was hiding behind that because the end result was people were selling more and for seven years my people were saying steve this is the best sales training ever and i would say don't you dare call me a sales trainer i'll probably hit you until I realized the power of what I was teaching the people that I actually came out and said, you know what, let's call a spade a spade. I have to take on the old school guys head on and just say, yes, I am teaching you a new way of selling. And I had to acknowledge that that word fitted what I was doing. So I like people avoiding sales, I avoided being called anything to do with sales. So um, I understand what a lot of people are going through, but it was a mindset shift. If I don't do it, I'm letting people down. And yeah. that's what people here need to think about. Absolutely. There's a mindset shift for the leader. Now, we have this, this thing that happens in business, but it happens a lot more in the nonprofit, is that the person leading takes on more stuff and more burdens, and they do more, and they get burned out. Burnout is at a crisis level, even before the shutdowns we we had recently. Um, so there's a there's a building the culture of understanding around this and and getting now most of us in small charities don't have a salesperson, don't have a dedicated fundraiser. So we do some of it until we get enough cash going that we can actually hire somebody that's professional, even part time, to do the fundraising piece, which is. What, what we're talking about today, it's all under this umbrella fundraising. So this, 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 um, this, this blueprint that you talk about, um, how important is it for a leader to educate their teams, their staff, their volunteers, their boards, their committees? How important is it? And is it possible to educate them in the value of what you're teaching here? Absolutely. And this works with multi different levels of organizations and when you have a framework that is easy and repeatable the top right to the bottom can can do it and feel comfortable doing it and have the right conversations to be able to um, have people come and join them and we probably weren't going to go down this route, but I'm going to share with the people right now one of our sales frameworks. I'll, I'll do it very, very quickly. It's the DNQC formula. D is data, information. And most people that are doing selling will run off with a whole heap of information and then some more information. And we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. And people just get the information overload. And then at the end of it, they'll pitch. We're doing all of these wonderful things. Would you like to donate now? And that just is the typical of the sales. And that's why people feel horrible. It's like, well, I've got to present and pitch. Whereas 
data, you give some information, and then N is the narrative. Tell a quick story of where that went and the person and the where and the what happened. And then quantify, quantify the value of the outcomes and what it would mean to that person to get that and what it would mean to the person donating. And that's the last bit is confirm. So we've got, we've got the information, the story, the quantify what happened and confirm. Is that something that you want to be a part of? Is that something that you want, really want to see happen? And when you go through that, it's a nice conversational process. And if you're doing it with the blueprint, you might say, look, here's some work we do here, DNQC. Is that something that you want to be a part of? And here's some more work that we do here, DNQC. Is that something you want to be a part of? By the time you've had a 10-minute conversation and they've seen where they can be involved, the impact, and they've confirmed, yes, that's something that I want to see, then it's a simple trans transition into, great, to what level do you want to be involved? Which is the asking for the money. They've confirmed that they want to be involved. And that's massive difference. That's the collaboration and confirm way of selling that I teach compared to the present and pitch. You collaborate. Do you want to be involved? Is that something that you want to see happen? And then you just go straight into the transition to confirm how they want to be involved. That's where a lot of us fall down. We never really do that piece. You know, we, we think about, oh, it's the sales close. That didn't fit. It's the ask. Well, I don't know, but it's, it's the call to action. What do you want people to do? And we really and, and you ask it in a way that wasn't a yes or no response. At what level do you want to participate? I got it. I was paying attention. So I hope people, I wanted to call out call that out because we, we, we sometimes have a negative mindset. We, oh, you don't want to give to you. Well, of course not. <laughs> but you said, at what level do you want to participate? And that's just so important. So I wanted to affirm that I was actually paying attention. Now, you have a website. It's it's Steve Brossman. It's B-R-O-S-S-M-A-N. And I'm going to, people on the podcast can't see it, but you can go to thenonprofitexchange.org and you can see the videos of each each of our episodes. But when people go to Steve Brossman, it's B-R-O-S-S-M-A-N, Steve, S-T-E-V-E, Brossman.com. What will they find there? There's some, there's some simple information there um, on some of the work that I really haven't updated because things have been moving so fast over the last six to 12 months. A lot of the new work that I've been doing in this particular area, we, we haven't got through there. Um, if it's okay with you, you, Hugh, I'm going to tell people I'm really old-fashioned, that if they're listening to this or watching this, they can have a look at the website. Um, I actually do answer emails myself. So if they actually wanted to email me and said, hey, Steve, looked at some of the stuff, heard Hughes, um, I've got some ideas, just email me, steve at stevebrossman.com and we can actually organise uh, a, a chat because um, it's really interesting working with you and your people that's a slight deviation and most people don't see the deviation, but it's exactly what I do, but would be of so much benefit to your people and just to be able to have the, the head right down to everybody in the team 
on the same page to be able to have the same conversations that excite people to say, I want to work with you guys. And that's how do we increase the buying energy of the people by increasing the energy of the actual organization. And when people understand that it's not just an exchange of dollars and time, it's not just an exchange of value, but it is really an exchange of energy and feeling, then the conversations become so much more enjoyable and certainly more productive. Absolutely. And we don't need to get all stressed out about having this conversation. And so we need to do it enough to be comfortable with it. That's another area we didn't talk about. We want to do it once a year and be done with it when really the cultivation piece of this, of cultivating the relationship, the understanding, the talking about the value that they've already given, because we don't make a one-time sale here. This is an hopefully an ongoing transaction where people are continually pleased. So it's um, there's a lot of um, so th there's an energy that buyers have, that donors have, that sponsors have. There's an energy that we need to understand. You want we're, we're coming to the close here. Talk about that, and then I'll ask you what thought you want to leave. But talk about this energy and the you call the buyer's energy. Yeah, let's go through a typical sales process. Um, there's an initial contact. Now, in most of my worlds, I will talk about the brown box syndrome. When you look and sound, feel and taste the same as everybody else, you're a brown box sitting on the shelf. It's not until they unwrap the box that they see the gold that's inside. So when people come to a, a coach, a consultant or whatever, and they call themselves a coach, there's no energy whatsoever because there's hundreds of them out there. But when they create their unique authority piece, they create the energy out there in the marketplace where they do books or videos or podcasts, people see that that person is an authority and the energy is higher. So whether it's a, it's a, it's a non-for-profit organization and they just sit there asking for donations they're just another brown box asking for donations but if they start portraying themselves and they start putting out good quality content about the organization and what happens within it not just the typical advertising then people will start getting an energy towards them and then that is cultivated normally what would happen is like well there's a contact let's qualify them let's do a pitch and see if we can get some money but when you're actually cultivating that relationship, they have a boost of energy because they're seeing what's being done. They get to know the people that are actually doing it and see inside their, their, their head and their heart. Then they say, that's what I want to be a part of versus that's what I want to donate to. And when you can have that communication paradigm shift to say, yeah, I want to be a part of that, versus I just want to donate to it. The, uh, the organization itself will build a lot stronger, uh, much more resilient base. That's really good advice. So <clears throat> as a final thought or challenge, what do you want to leave people with today? I want them to really believe that if they're not doing the right job, in building both sides of the energy, if they're not doing the right job of making that transaction happen, 
they're actually letting their people down. The people that are sitting there just floating around the outside, looking at what you do for the one reason is I think I want to do something with you. It's a matter of you connecting with me and making sure that I know that you are the right people that I want to work with. And so by not selling in its truest sense, in that professionally servicing other people's needs, you've got to remember some of those needs are, I have a need to give. I have a need to create some sort of a transaction so I feel good. If you're not doing that sale, then you are taking away the opportunity for that person to feel good and you are letting that person down. So turn it around. Selling is not something it's taking. Not selling is taking away an opportunity for that person to feel good. Steve Brussman, thank you for being my guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. You have opened my mind to new possibilities. Thank you so much. Cheers, you. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>